Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, we are back from a week's hiatus. Now, I was away... I was away before we did the Dwayne Epstein episode um, about the Dirty Dozen. That was really good. Great episode, Matt. Um, you held the fort down well while I was away. Um, yeah, I had a few family um, commitments that I, we weren't able to put the show out um, as scheduled. However, we're back now. And we thought this episode, um, we'd touch on something a little different. Now, we are going to talk about war movies later on in the show. But unless you've been living under a rock... Um, in the entertainment world, you'll see that currently SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild of America are on strike. The Writers Guild of America have been on strike for a couple of months previously. However, SAG-AFTRA striking as well um, is um, was unprecedented. It hasn't happened for 60 years. Um, the last time that, that SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild struck was 1960. Oh, wow. um, so long ago that Ronald Reagan was head of SAG-AFTRA at the time if you didn't know oh so so ron led a strike wow yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's a completely <laughs> other episode there <laughs> that's um, <my> boy. <laughs> it really really is um but we just wanted to um highlight on the fact that you know we really care about this industry and it's important to us and it's given me and Matt many opportunities that we wouldn't have had in our lives um mm-hmm. through the podcast um you know whether that have be reviews for upcoming movies, screeners for things, going to premieres, uh, for press premieres, things like that. Um, but we, we want to put a line in the sand that we are with, you know, the people who are striking. It's their livelihoods. It's AI potentially taking people's jobs, um, yes. which affects, you know, even if you're listening to this show and you're part of the film community or listening to the show and you're part of the history community, um, it can affect us all. AI is going to be a big deal for a lot of industries. And it really, really is. SAG-AFTRA uh, have really highlighted, you know, the um, the dangers in mm. terms of, you know, what AI can pose to a creative industry. Now, of course, yeah. this is an American strike, um, but so much of this industry revolves around um, the US um, film and TV industry. You know, just touching on what we do, like most of the big war movies that have come out in the last since two thousand have been American pictures. You know, a, a, there were a few. Well, they've all they've all had American money in there, haven't they? As well. Yeah, exactly. Most of them. So it really affects the it affects well, the genre. At the same enough. time, that AI element again is going to impact European filmmaking, mm. Asian filmmaking, African filmmaking. It's eventually it's going to roll out to yeah. all of these places. Um where it's going to impact on how writers are paid, how actors are paid. Um, and also those, those really um, important kind of 
um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, it's identity, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the key element. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I couldn't think of identity. No, there, no, but it's, it's, it's identity. A, it, that is the key thing, isn't it? It it's, bleeds into everything because yeah, it you know the writers of a film, actors, you have a certain style, you have a way that you do things. You, you're you're loved for that. You know, look at how Tarantino writes a film. Mm. And look at how someone like Kubrick made a film, you know, or wrote, had a, a script written for him. Like those people do the things that they do because they're them. And yeah. for a computer to come in and be able to quote unquote replicate what they yeah. do, it, it's beggars belief, the kind of things they want to maybe implement, like taking an actor's likeness from one movie or, mm. you know, writing or writing away, someone's entire identity for the for eternity and you being paid once for your likeness it's i don't well, think it's it, right yeah it, it it kind of it, it kind of plays into this whole evolving system with uh streaming as well where i think it was uh, orange is the new black there was an actress this week um, yes. who came out and um basically highlighted how little she's been paid since that show began streaming again it was on, pe- it it's of, on pennies wasn't it? Yeah, it, it kind of got yeah. rolled out to a number of the other like regions on Netflix, I think, and I think it's the ten year anniversary as well. Something and like that. She she's made like twenty dollars, something ridiculous. It was um, yeah, it was like sub five hundred dollars or something. Yeah, it was being in a show it for was, nearly a decade of your life. It, it's it, it's crazy to me, and it's the whole thing of how you know back in the day. I mean, people, I'm sure people listening know this, but back in the day, you could be on a cable show and, and it could get ten seasons or whatever. And you'd be able to live off that money and audition for things and try and get new work in between jobs because as an I've been an actor, yeah. it's fucking hard. For you know, if you're not in the top percent of actors who are earning millions, it's a fucking hard industry. There's a huge disparity between TV residuals and streaming residuals. It, it, exactly. So you know, people rely on this income to, to live, <laughs> and and for streaming services to just blow the whole thing out of the water and be like, well, we're streaming. We're not going to treat it the same. However, we want the same treatment in the space when it comes to award seasons, when it comes to advertising, when it comes to um, how they're reviewed, you know, we see it as it's content. It's a film. It's a movie more now than we did when it started. These streaming services have become normalized. So why should they treat their workers and the actors and writers differently this is what this is about so i think uh line in the sand for us is critics are not on strike but we do not feel um comfortable or we would not take any um payment or anything or any offers from uh structure not that we ever have actually not that we ever have any payment to we've be honest, never but... been paid or um treated by a, uh, any entity for our opinion on the show um, any review everything we've ever done has been we've, we've sourced it ourselves um, any fan of the show's talked to us um, and met us you know i'm very open about this me and matt work really hard behind the scenes to get what we get um but i know that some other uh, influencers and reviewers on other platforms have been offered crazy money for to yeah. do things and and, and break the picket lines saw so, some articles about that too yeah, you know, people getting offered like 5K for something when that's way above industry yeah. average. So we won't be reviewing Oppenheimer if you're interested. We won't be reviewing that right now. Not yet anyway. So essentially the plan is, for now, we'll just continue doing our normal, obscure, um, really interesting, but all you know... The, you know, all those all great war films war we haven't covered yet. <laughs> God knows the war movie genre has plenty of ground for us to cover before we get to, you know, modern fare. When the strike's settled, we'll come back. We'll take a look at Oppenheimer and anything else that we, you know, we want to review. Um, but I think it's important to take a stand, show a bit of solidarity, um, and recognise the importance or the, you know, possible threats that AI poses to a creative yeah. industry. Um, which I think, and just how people outline. should be paid for their work. Well, of course, <laughs> you know? exactly. And we need to outline that it's writers and it's actors in the. Mm. Writers have seen their work appear in ChatGPT, other AI platforms, and we'll take Sarah Silverman. She she was um she, she was mentioned on an episode of Today Explained that Lauren sent to me. Um, and, she, and essentially, someone went onto ChatGPT and uh, asked, "Can you tell me a joke in 
Sarah Silverman's style. And it was it was perfect. It was exactly mm. the the nuance and the phrasing and the the way that she formulates her humor was completely replicated. Um and what struck me is she's now suing Meta and ChatGPT and a number of other companies um because yeah. of this. If you can do that with you know a, a joke, you can do mm. that with a TV show, you can do that with uh, a movie. I mean, we watched a few months ago we watched uh, an animated live stream of um Seinfeld yeah which was literally it it had obviously been fed the AI had been fed a whole load of Seinfeld and mm. it had watched these and it had taken on board some of the key tropes and some of the like the things yeah. that make it recognizable as Seinfeld with some with some refinement and you know stronger computing behind it well that was you hokey. could make lost episodes well exactly that was hokey but that was done on a, you know, that was just someone playing around. You <laughs> yeah. put studio money into that, exactly, and and you can, yeah. you can, you know, yeah, yeah, the possibilities are boundless. Where and that's exciting in some respects, but you have to, you have to temper that with understanding that it's a creative industry, and the people that are creating need to be paid properly, and you can't manipulate someone's identity to no. make a piece of of media. This is, I mean, everyone's been talking about it on. You know, Twitter things like that. I've seen it everywhere. People are saying we're in Black Mirror now. We're in it. You know, it, that, this is how it feels. It, it's scary. And yeah. me and Matt, you know, we write articles for a living. We do a lot of, you know, if you follow any any of our other projects, or you you know keep up to date with what we do outside of the podcast, you'll know that me and Matt write pretty much every day mm-hmm. um, for our work. You know, to to, to make ends meet. Um, I've got literally thousands of articles online. Mm. And uh, if you fed them all into ChatGPT, I'm sure it could mimic my oh, yeah. writing style. I mean, you can't easily. look up a gun. You can't look up a rare gun without Matt's, you know, Matt's website or his his <laughs> name popping up. You can't. It, it's just the truth. Um, the amount of times I've written something and I'm like, oh, okay, this I need to know that something about I don't know, like a Lewis gun or something. And Matt's name will pop up because he's done something on it. But for me, I you know I write history articles uh, a bit more broad, not as niche as Matt's, but. Yeah. Um, not putting Matt's work down, it incredible work. Not at all. It's an but Disney. F- yeah, but for a, a computer to be able to come in and give you, I don't know, 2,000 words on, I don't know, the land army, you know, the, the, the women's yeah. land army, is it something yeah. off the top of my head? It could do that. It could. And you're not going to know. You know, you're not going to know who's written that. It could be... You know, and we've tested do- this, haven't we? We've, we've asked we it to do certain things. We've asked it to, you know... We've done, we've war games with it. That's a, that's a video coming yeah, to watch channel soon. To, that's a big long edit. I'm gonna have to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, but we've played with it. We understand the capabilities. I've listened to a number of podcasts and articles with academics where they've talked about they're seeing students using ChatGPT. They're seeing um, methodologies impacted by ChatGPT, and this thing is growing. And so you know, continuing that this week, what we've done is we asked ChatGPT to put together a top 10 war movies list for us. That's the kind of the industry standard for, for, for like our area of reviewing movies and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and before we go into these lists, we should we should clear up that we don't hate AI because we, we no. see it as it could be a tool, it, it could be effective, mm. it could be useful, it can help us. We're really angry at the studios for just having the audacity to think that people's livelihoods can be replaced wholesale by it yeah it's a misuse isn't it it's a misuse of a tool yeah or a misappropriation of a tool which is going to eventually be really powerful that's what it is and on that note we'll go for a little break and we'll come back hello there sorry to interrupt i wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on patreon as thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. It's just to pick up what Matt was saying there. I mean, last weekend, um, if you were on Twitter or, you know, on social media, um, it's hard to know where people are now with, with threads and all the new stuff that's going in. Only fans. Only fans, yeah, it could be. Until, give it time. Um, so there was a list that the Sunday Times put together um, for their top 40 war films. There were some big names involved. It was Tom Holland, uh, some producers. Max Hastings. Max Hastings, Al Murray. The director of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, but yeah, there was a whole plethora of people, all people who, when you look at that, you go, oh yeah, they're they're definitely like people you would ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we, you know, we always get tagged in lists and things whenever anyone makes them, and they obviously they are hundred percent subjective. Film is an mm-hmm. art form, and different different strokes for different folks. Um, so. But, you know, there's some more missions there. People were going, oh, there wasn't any cruel sea. There wasn't any um, ice cold in Alex, no longest day, uh, things like that. People were angry that Fury was involved. And it always creates like a really interesting discussion. It and fuels debate as well, doesn't it? Really does. Yeah. It's like, you know, what do people want? What do people regard when they, um, you know, when they, when you, when you rank a war film or war films? I mean, I've done a top five for a magazine, the best of British that's coming out of hopefully a couple of months um and it's hard all good news agents yeah exactly it's really hard to quantify you know what 100 years of film into 1600 words or whatever it was it's incredibly difficult when people ask like because people do ask now that obviously we've done this podcast for quite a while people do ask us like what what are your favorite war movies and i cannot i simply cannot give you a definitive like top five no way it's yep. just it's, it's fluid it changes every week every month every day it's um you know and i always think well you've got a new favorite film you haven't seen it yet because how many films mm. are out there you know mm. that there's there's got to be a movie could have been made 60 years ago and it's exactly. your new fave. exactly nine men. you have to be so open-minded when it, <laughs> yeah, it's nine men nine men's in my top five list obviously like it <laughs> it could not be in there um but we asked to get back on track. We asked ChatGPT, which is you know currently really popular, got a lot of headlines mm-hmm. when it came out, um, to do uh, its top ten war films, and that's all the prompt we gave it. Well, to give you the exact prompt, we asked it, "Can you create us a list of your top ten war films with reasons why?" And it did. In about um, ten seconds. Yeah, it was like that. And you know what? I I was impressed with some of it. I'll mm. I'll honestly admit that I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um Yeah. So we're gonna go through them one by one. Um and just talk about it. And then we've got ten obscure war films after. Yeah, we, just we tried to... to push it a little, didn't we? We wanted yeah. to stretch its legs. Exactly. We were, you know, the the, the Foth labs with the Foth boffins this week. Um <laughs> Uh, Robbie and Matt's uh, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Film Criticisms. I have donned the white lab coat. Yeah, I'm wearing a, a snazzy gilet. <laughs> I am. I am. I am currently uh, in uh, a dark room with yep. uh, a pair of very thick spectacles on, and I'm I like typing. I am typing code in green onto a black screen, and there's there's 90s spy movie music being played. I'm behind a big a big perspex like blah like wall. Um, see through mm-hmm. a wall with two mod boffins and every time and it, to talk to matthew we hit a big chunk intercom and we go you can do it now matthew god speed matthew <laughs> <laughs> so um in at number 10 um we have uh 2001's black hawk down and the chat gpt description is ridley scott's intense and gritty film depicts the battle of mogadishu a u.s military operation gone awry in somalia the film's immersive action sequences, realistic portrayal of combat, and ensemble cast contributes to its, to its gripping narrative. Now, I thought, okay, good pick. Yeah, Not bad. that obviously yeah. often makes lists. But when it gave it the, the reason, its its um its reasoning for why it included it, and a little description of what the film's actually about, I was like, hmm, that could have been copy pasted from some someone's. Yeah. You would um, never know. This is the, and that's elsewhere. the scary thing. You'd never know. This I could have written that. You could have written that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm that sure, is a perfectly... Sure countless Foth listeners could have written the exact same. Absolutely. It's a perfectly obvious thing that you would write to mm. describe Black Hawk Down. Um, Good film. We should review it sometime. We should <laughs> Actually, do. We should, yeah. Well, we might be reviewing it sooner rather than later. Um, you know, that's true. Yeah. You know, um, Foth, Foth I mean, There's a lot of films there. on this list that we're going to go through <laughs> that we, we need to get to, but... <laughs> You know, Chat GPT has seen us. To be fair, in, this list in, we we felt seen. In our defence, though, there is no chivalry and there are no swords on this list. <laughs> no, no, there's Either. not even Chat GPT fucking ignores that. 
Did I say ignores? <laughs> Even oh, no. ChatGPT doesn't rate them. <laughs> oh, we're going to get letters. Oh, no. We're going to get a barrage. Okay. Of, of Number nine. Number, Number nine. nine, it comes in with Letters from Iwo Jima, 2006. Um, mm-hmm. it, it describes it as, directed by Clint Eastwood, this film presents the Battle of Iwo Jima from the Japanese perspective. It humanizes the enemy and offers a profound exploration of the individual experiences and sacrifices made during war. The film's nuanced storytelling and strong performances are remarkable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if anyone who's seen Letters from Iwo Jima... That's what they think. And, and to, yet again, to echo it, I mean, it's surely pulling from loads of reviews, loads of little like Absolutely. IMDb things, things like things have been fed in. Um, Hundreds of reviews. Yeah. And, and again, a great choice. I, I don't know if it'd make my top 10, but it's a good yeah. one. Again, um, it's not all list, it's chat GPTs. Exactly. It's entitled to its yeah. opinion. Exactly. All so, lists uh, are subjective. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah even even, even, a, even an AI, AI generated is, ones. Yeah. It's subjective. Yeah. Um, the Bridge on the River Choir is in at number eight. God, I feel like um, a top of the pops chap. My God, memories. Um, so it's said about the Bridge on the River Kwai by directed by David Lean. This World War II film directs the story of British prisoners prisoners of war forced to build a bridge for their Japanese captors. It explores the themes of duty, honor, and the clash of ideologies. The film's iconic performances and gripping climax make it a classic. You see, it's describing fairly complex themes there. Mm. Um, and 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 Bridge obviously is a film that has those complex themes in there. But the thing yeah. about it is, it's again, it's obviously pulling from other reviews online and other lists, probably. But it also, it also, it knows to include comment on that, which I think is interesting. To say how cool Jack Hawkins looks in his commando gear, though. Well, like, it could have, it could have literally just been Jack Hawkins looks great in his commando drip. In this Hawkins film. looks great. In his commando, where <laughs> trying to do a robot voice. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, number seven, number seven, the thin red line. Um, Terence Malick's visually stunning film captures the horrors and beauty of war in the Pacific. And see, the beauty bit was was jarring, but it is a very nicely shot film. It's, yeah. Um, it takes some during, it takes some risks. Put that during way. World War Two. Yeah. Um, it offers philo- philosophical reflections on the nature of, on sorry, it offers philosophical re- reflections on nature, humanity, and the futility of war. The ensemble cast, including Sean Penn and Jim Caviezel, adds depth to the storytelling. I mean, ChatGPT could have listed about a, a hundred other actors in <laughs> there as you, well. Could have given you like ten list, top ten listed actors that didn't feature in that movie. Yeah, that yet I shot mean, footage. Like there's so many. True. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it could I mean, have added infamous for causing a great deal of material. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, if you know, if you were a nineties male lead, you were pretty much on set. I think in that one, yeah. you were retained um, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a big fat retainer. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was in the um, the Sunday Times lift. It was quite high on that. I know it was. Yeah, and it was, it's I'm a not polarizing sure. One, isn't it? Let me be subjective for a moment. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that it deserves to be in the top ten of a top 40 okay. list you know okay and something like i don't know come and see isn't yeah in there as well i mean it would get it it, it would get in my top 20 yeah. at the moment yeah. it might not get in my top 20 next week True. It, that's the whole thing True. with these with these lists um so in at number six it's a non-mover <laughs> couldn't, couldn't resist <laughs> In at number six is Paths of Glory, 1957, directed by Stanley Kubrick. The film explores the injustices and absurdities of war. It follows a French army unit during World War I and delves into themes of honour, sacrifice and the corruption of power. Kirk Douglas delivers a compelling performance. As we move through these, what's striking to me is that it hasn't made any glaring errors yet. No. So I don't know about you, like when we first started messing about with ChatGPT, I, I asked it about the pit because obviously I asked about the pit. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it came up with some stuff that was, you know, glaringly incorrect. Um, and similarly, mm. like I've seen people on online talk about, you know, asking it about specific battles or specific periods of history. Mm. And the hallmark of it is there's always something that is like slightly off yeah, or incorrect yeah, I, or just with... glaringly wrong. Mm, I've done it with like I was 
when I was writing an, uh, an article a few months back, I was like, oh, could you just give me like some of the key facts around this certain battle? Um, and a lot of them were just like, I was like, no, <laughs> like it's sort of. Yeah. But it, I think over the, the months, it's got a little bit more refined, a little bit more clever. I think that is true. Because mm, my wife uses it a lot in her job. Um, she works in tech and she uses it a lot. And she's like, you can be really obscure with this now and it, it will get what you need mm. it will do what you want you know as, as long as you keep as long as you're very dialed into what you're telling it um you, you can get the results and and when we drop the chat war game thing we did that was really interesting to we had to battle the ai at some point to did, try and get yeah. it to remember what we were doing i don't know whether it would still get the same results now um i i imagine you know what it, it might have moved on a little bit and it might it be might even, you know even more surprising than it was when we tried it yeah. Um, anyway, no, Pals of Glory, great film. Um, yeah, Kubrick. Yeah, definitely another we need to cover. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, number five, we have Dunkirk 2017. Mm. Um, Christopher Nolan's uh, Dunkirk focuses on the evacuation of Allied soldiers during World War II. Doesn't tell you where they're evacuating from. ChatGPT coming in a little bit, a little bit careless there. Sure. Um, it skillfully combines name, it kind of <laughs> it skillfully combines three intersecting storylines creating a tense and immersive experience the film's innovative structure breathtaking visuals and Hans Zimmer's score make it a, cl- a cinematic triumph wow okay wow ChatGPT is a Nolan fanboy yeah Chris <laughs> Nolan's spent a lot of time on ChatGPT talking to it and being like imagine that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, no, it, that. I, I would not put that in, in, yeah, in Dunkirk, top, top 10. Dunkirk 2017 gets its flowers from the AI there. Um, I don't think it breached my top 50, but that's just me. You know, I it again, it's subjective. Brilliant at the cinema when I saw it, and then diminishing yeah. returns every repeat viewing. But hey ho, mm-hmm. an interesting one to cover when we do cover it. Um, number four is Platoon, 1986, uh, directed by Oliver Stone. Platoon provides a gritty and unflinching portrayal of the Vietnam War. The film's realistic battle sequences, moral ambiguity, an exceptional ensemble cast, including Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen and Willem Dafoe, contributes to its enduring impact. Fair. That's very fair. A, a, a decent but expectable choice. Yeah, Platoon, Platoon always gets high on these. Yeah. I mean, it's, it started that glut of really well done Vietnam War movies, didn't it? Well, it didn't start it, but it it's in that pe- late 80s period. It is, yeah. You know, obviously Apocalypse Now did, but it didn't really because Go Tell the Spartans did. But, you know, it, it, I get what it's trying to do. Number three, Full Metal Jacket 1987. Stanley Kubrick's examination of the Vietnam War follows a group of Marine recruits from their brutal training to their experiences on the battlefield. The film's exploration of dehumanization and the duality of human nature is thought-provoking. Again, someone has done GCSE A-level um, film studies with ChatGPT. They are pulling out the themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. <laughs> they're sitting in the corner, like, and, and they're the one that, like, you know, they've they've got like an A24 hat on right now, <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're like, you know, the, the themes of. Uh... Film with a jacket. It's not actually just a war film, you know. It's like an exploration of like the human condition. Duality, man. Yeah, yeah man. Like you know, you think about Kubrick, right? 
doing that, isn't it? Full Metal Jacket, again, it, it's yeah. a high choice on it's any list. always on list. It's always on list. Justifiably yeah. so, you know, you can... Yeah. You can definitely make a case for it. You can make a case for most of these. Um, you really can. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. Apart from, apart from that, <laughs> it's so interesting that, you know, the, the 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 top four of these are all set in Vietnam because what's number two, Rob? Number two is Apocalypse Now, 1979, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. The film takes a surreal and disturbing journey into the heart of darkness during the Vietnam War. It explores the psychological toll of war and features iconic performances by Marlon Brando and Martin Sheen. Absolutely top marks for including the name of the book that the film is based on in its, <laughs> in its summing up. That is absolutely top fucking draw. <laughs> oh my god i'm just gonna retire now was, exactly if that was written by a human that was brilliant <laughs> that's the fun that's the greatest thing it's written so far to me yeah apocalypse now it always features up there it people always cite it as one of the you know the genre's most i don't know like affecting and interesting movies yeah. enduring so much going on um, for it enduring yeah um again and then number one matt do you want to reveal number one? Oh, drum roll please number one is of course 1998's Saving Private Ryan. This Steven Spielberg masterpiece is renowned for its gripping and realistic depiction of the D-Day invasion during World War II. The intense battle sequences, emotional, sorry, exceptional cinematography and emotionally charged performances make it a must-watch war film. It was inevitable, wasn't it? Yeah. It was inevitable. Yeah. I think I think I've seen countless top tens that feature Saving Private Ryan as its top choice. I mean, it, it, I get it because it's the movie that reignited a genre. It's the movie that we now sort of pin on whenever a new movie comes out. We're like, yeah, but it's no Seven Private Ryan, or you know, the Seven Private mm. Ryan's already done this. It, it's kind of yeah. Well, it's it, it it's is such it a is touchstone, seminal, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's seminal. Yeah, and I I don't like the fact that it gets hated on every now and then. You know, people that's, think it's that's cool. revisionism at work, though. People isn't think it? it's really cool to be like, oh, the, the start's really great, but then it just becomes like a road movie after. I'm like, what's the fucking point? You know, that's that's the plot. I'm afraid that's how Spielberg made it. Um, but no, every, every time I go back and watch it, I you know it's one of my favourites. What can I say? I think um, the majority of people that you ask will agree that it should yeah. be in a top fifteen, it, top twenty, top ten somewhere. It's the war movie that non-war movie fans will have seen. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Yeah, they will have seen it. You know, it, it was such a cultural massive thing at the time. You know, my mum and my dad didn't really didn't really do cinema. But they had a copy of Seven Private Ryan. You yeah. know, they, they talked about it. They told me I wrote a piece on it for the the, uh, the final film website actually. Um, and they told me it was massive at the time. You couldn't move for it, you know. And for two non-movie people to say that, that's got to be something. Well, Chat GPT likes it, so you know, can't mm. be wrong. Exactly. So, and then to sort of, you know, push things. As much as, yeah, you know. we wanted to stretch Chat GPT's legs, didn't we? Um, yeah, we wanted to. Uh, you know. And you know, we were surprised by some of the eloquence that it came out with discussing themes. It must have known the choices. You know, and our tour of the, of the critic critical space was writing the prompts. <laughs> it was me, by the way, fair listeners. Um, <laughs> it must have known that it had two juggernauts of film reviewing at the helm. Topped its game because it <laughs> knew it was going to get yeah. discussed. Yeah, so for the, prompt, ebert, my for the prompt for the second one was, can you do the same but with obscure wolf war filmers? <laughs> my fat fucking hands <laughs> hitting the keys there, <laughs> like like Homer when he when he dials to oh, in that episode. It's like the fingers you've dialed, are you too fat? It's like. <laughs> So it said, certainly, here is a list of top 10 obscure war films that you might find interesting, along with reasons why they deserve recognition. Um, so number 10, and it, and it was an absolute curveball. We were so surprised the, it was the, on the, the list. Shock, the shock on our faces. <laughs> I shouted a very loud expletive when we read this the other day. I was like, what the is going on here? Like? So number 10 is Fires Were Started, 1943, directed by Humphrey Jennings. The British film provides a realistic and poetic portrayal of the daily lives and struggles of firefighters during the London Blitz of World War II. It offers a unique perspective on the home front and the courage of those fighting to protect their city. 
yeah, it does. Uh, it's, yeah. Fact, it's, it's a great film. If any fourth listeners have not seen Files Were Started, it's well worth checking out. I think it was on YouTube the last time I watched it. So mm. if you do want to go and see it, it's out there. It's really good. Um, it's when, I can't remember his healing off the top of my head, but it's when that whole sort of, we were making movies as propaganda pieces and they were part, they were like docudramas almost. That's, that's the vibe yeah, it goes for. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. set and it's a firefighters during the Blitz. They've got some little characters in there, but it is literally a day in the, almost a day in the life of a fire crew. It's really, really good stuff. Um, but but really in, interesting to see that the AI chose it as its number 10. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked. And, it, and it, this list actually only gets better. It kind of, it can, yeah. kind of, it's great at the bottom, but then it goes really weird at the top, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. Yeah. Um, number nine, Silent Mountain 2014. This Austrian-Italian film portrays the lesser-known Italian front of World War One. It tells the story of an Austrian soldier trapped behind enemy lines and his, and his struggle for survival. The film offers a visually stunning and poignant exploration of the forgotten aspects of the Great War. I have not seen that one. Me neither. So I can't comment on what the film's no. like, but ChatGPT's, you know, added one to the fourth list anyway. Yeah, it's in the corner. It's, it's cracked open a bottle of cold Pinot Grigio, lit a cigarette, and it's really testing us now, isn't it? <laughs> Like so, uh, it's like twir- it's like twirling the wine glass, taking a puff of the cigarette. And be like you guys, you boys, really, you really think you can test me now? Have you boys seen the cranes are flying? <laughs> Interesting, Matt. That is number eight on our list. Uh, 1957's The Cranes Are Flying, directed by, going to butcher this name, uh, Mikhail Kalatozov. Um, yep. I think I've got that right. <laughs> the Soviet film focuses on the personal and emotional toll of war and civilians during World War Two. It follows a young woman's experiences as she navigates love, loss, and resilience amid the chaos of war. Is that the one with the really cool crane shot? Is that it? Because if that's it, that's that's a cracker. Titling your film that, and then uh, having a really great crane shot. I swear that it is the. I'm going to check. It's it's really. I I've seen it once years ago, and it's really the cinematography on it is really clean. It's it's a it is a genuinely interesting um, Russian war movie, um, but you know it's just another that I was not expecting at all. No, there's yeah, there's a scene. Where, I'm not. It's not a crane shot. It's um like a continuity sequence in a way where she's it on a bus and she goes through all traffic. I mean that's a really well shot sequence. That's that's what I was thinking of. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's you know what a what a top pick there. Another one. Um, so, uh, number seven. Number seven is, of course, the Battle of Algiers, 1966. Um, this Italian-Algerian film depicts the Algerian struggle for independence from French colonial rule. It offers a realistic and politically charged exploration of guerrilla warfare, terrorism, and the complex dynamics of colonialism and liberation. Boy, doesn't it just ch- chat GPT. Mm. Um, yeah. Chat DPT on this list really likes its documentary style filmmaking. It does. It's it really very, does. that is very true. I mean, yeah. he's obviously sat there with his Pino and he's like, you know what? You know, I really do enjoy a, a bit of war cinema with some depth and mm. an exploration of you know yeah. human human themes. And um, I think I think that uh, Battle of Algiers certainly does deserve a mid place on my list. Yeah, okay, it's going to go. Have you have you watched Seven Samurai? Have you seen that? It's gonna, it's Wait, gonna start. Did, did you know that it actually <laughs> um, inspired um, the Magnificent Seven? It's gonna do that, isn't it? It's yeah. gonna it, it, <laughs> at some point. It's gonna it's gonna go. Do you know that Tame Impala is just one guy? Yeah, it's got that energy right now, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like wearing baggy workwear and, and shopping in like the cultural district of cities, <laughs> reading Crack magazine. Wearing Carhartt. Wearing Carhartt. Hey, this the Carhartt, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, number five, is, uh, number six is Cross of Iron, 1977, directed by Sam Peckinpah. This war film provides a gritty and unglamorous portrayal of the Eastern Front during World War II. It follows a German army unit engaged in brutal combat against Soviet forces. 
the film challenges traditional war film tropes and explores the futility of war. At this point, ChatGPT has gone, you know, I could have included Come and See here, but, you know, I decided to go for a much more niche mm. Eastern Eastern Front war movie. Mm. Have you heard of Sam Beckerball? <laughs> have you? <laughs> I love how we're, we're literally forcing a persona onto an AI. <laughs> this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a B. It's got a BFI membership. You know yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every chance he's on the South Bank. Yeah, every yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got criteria. He's got Criterion Collection Blu-rays. Ooh, steelbooks galore. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he reads set, sight and sound. It's got. It's got a, it's a description <laughs> to sight and sound. God, Why, are describe- <laughs> Why are we roasting? Why are we roasting ChatGPT? Roasting an AI. <laughs> And then again, the, the the things we're roasting, I do. I've got yeah, a I mean, hearing collection. I mean, we seem rates. to be, we seem to be mirroring a little bit here. We're projecting. Um, projecting. Anyway, <laughs> number five. Oh, great, good choice. It's shadows. A good film. It's, it's yeah, still, it's a good film. No, fair. Um, number five, Army of Shadows, nineteen sixty nine, uh, directed by Jean Pierre Melville. Uh, This French film focuses on the French resistance during World War II, offers a tense and atmospheric portrayal of the underground network's struggles and sacrifices, highlighting the moral dilemmas faced by its members. Good choice. I haven't seen Army of Shadows. Um, I've heard of it, not seen it. Heard of it, not seen it. Again, ChatGPT is coming for us, Rob. Yeah, Uh, it is, yeah. Number four is the Human Condition Trilogy, um, directed by uh, Masaki Kobayashi. The, the Japanese trilogy explores the experiences of a Japanese pacifist during World War II. The film tackles themes of individuality, uh, sorry, individual morality and the dehumanising effects of war and the struggle to maintain one's principles amid the chaos of battle. I love it. Great. Yeah. That's a great inclusion. I, really again, good. Hands up. Haven't seen it. Um, I've, I attempted to and then I noticed yeah. that it was like nine hours long. So I haven't. Okay, fair. Um, yeah. And in the future, that is one we very, very merry welly. I would say that <laughs> that we may very well be uh, reviewing in the future. Well, I for one look forward to the Human Condition Trilogy Month. Yes, yes. Um, we'll get ChatGPT uh, on as a guest. <laughs> Clearly knows a lot about it. We'll have to make room for his hubris. Number three, The Fires on the Plane, 1959, directed by Kon Ichikawa. This Japanese war film takes place in the Philippines during World War II. It follows a soldier suffering from tuberculosis as he navigates the brutality and desperation of war. The film delves into the psychological toll of conflict and the erosion of human decency. I hadn't heard of it again. ChatGPT is calling us out here. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind being stretched. And I think this no. list, this list really did surprise me. Yeah. But again, it could have easily been pulled from a number of obscure, top 10 obscure oh, of movies course, you yeah. haven't seen. And this is where I think Chachi and, and AI, the argument comes in as being a tool. So yes. I would, I'm happy to use it to be like, hey, give me top 10 war movies I may not have seen, or give me top 10 films I may not have seen, just to hmm. broaden my own film horizons and be able to watch something you know find something quickly um by using an app on my phone just to be like hey give me a movie i might not have seen so i can watch it tonight and tell me what i can watch it on that's how i'd like to use the ai that's how i'd like the ai AI to be implemented as a tool you know some sort of skynet overarching being that's gonna you know make me a resistance fighter against the robots in 10 years i don't want that (laughs) you know well that would be pretty cool you know, but <laughs> I don't want it. Well, you know, the, the peace accords would finally come together um, talking about obscure war movies. <laughs> and our mutual love of Pinot Noir. Yep. <laughs> what was left of it after the, the better fighting? <laughs> number two uh, number is two. The Ascent, uh, 1977, directed by Larissa Shep Itko. The Soviet film focuses on two Soviet partisans captured by German forces during World War II. The film explores themes of heroism, sacrifice and struggles for humanity in the face of extreme adversity. Again, it's gone It's gone for telling us about the themes rather than, you know, anything else. plot and who's yeah. in it. Which, again, East, interesting. East, Euro- Eastern European picks in this top 10. Um, mm. It's almost like it's gone for obscure, so it's chosen an obscure region of filmmaking as well. Yeah. 
um, to maybe yeah. do that. A lot and of, a lot one, of um, Italian and, and Japanese too, which I think yeah, is, is really yeah. interesting. It's tried to give a bit of a... And that's always stuff that pops up when you talk about obscure, because I know that The Human Condition, that comes up a lot. Mm. Um, I forget the name of the film, but you watched it about the the the, the Japanese soldier who was found in the seventies still yes. fighting the war. That, that yeah, one. yeah. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but yeah, that that's they're ones that always get picked up, picked up on. And number it's one, interesting, you know, there's 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 no um, the Brooker, which is a kind of semi obscure. Yeah. Um, no nine men. Yeah. No nine men. That's a very no, yes, obscure British enemy, war movie. No, theirs is the glory. You know, things that we here would would say or things that we would hope would be added in, you know, or, that you know, they were not divided. You know, it is. I'm amazed that fires were started. It was even included um, in this. Yeah. But yeah. So number one, Matt, please regale us. Number one. Chat GPT has circled back and thrown us a real curveball. He's he's come in with come and see, Rob. Oh, 1985. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm floored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one film directed by Elm Kilmov. Uh, portrays the horrors of the Nazi occupation in Belarus during World War II. It offers a raw and visceral disp- depiction of the devastating impact of war on civilian, sorry, of war on innocent civilians, making it a haunting and unforgettable film. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much hitter. what is normally written about. Come and see. Yeah, you know, it, it is one that sticks with you, um, and it's. You know, it's one we've yet to do on the show, but we have plans to cover it, obviously, because you can't mm-hmm. you can't not rate come and see it's it's a world of its own, isn't it? It's, it's an absolute yeah. it's a mind yeah. fuck, really. <laughs> you know. Um you have to is it a movie for a certain mood? I don't think very much have, so. Yeah. You can't yeah, just absolutely go absolutely fascinating film. Um, yeah, it really, really is. And I don't think any uh, there's been attempts to replicate it, but there's no one's ever got the come and see-ness of a film yeah ever again you know it's it's almost it's obvious it's an obvious number one Mm -hmm. but again yes for the mainstream war movie watcher they might have heard of come and see but they might not have watched it or they may never have heard of it it just depends on whether you've read one of the you know um top 100 top 10 top 50 war movies to see before you die lists Um, yeah exactly because it's normally on there somewhere, rightfully mm. so, often, you know. Again, objective, but a yeah. very interesting list from ChatGPT, I think. Yeah, two, and, two interesting lists. I mean, two. it's interesting just to see what an AI can do. It quickly. surprised me. I will um, be honest. No, it did surprise it, me as well. It, it provided something a, a, a little less obvious than I thought. Um, and the second list definitely... Um, really did surprise me in that it's throwing out things that are genuinely obscure. It's not just things that it's seen listed as obscure that aren't really that obscure, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, ex- exactly. It's it's interesting. And I think, you know, this week we thought it was important to do something with AI just to show mm-hmm. people how easy it is to utilise um, and how threatening it could possibly be to people in the creative industry. Um, and read the, probably the reason why people are striking, you know, as well as residual fees that need to be sorted out. But well, it, it absolutely is one of the key things that, of course, know, SAG-AFRA are, are um, discussing at the moment, and the writers, mm. because you know, you know, that a studio taking the likeness of someone or a yeah. studio using uh, AI to imitate a style of a writer, yes, that is fundamental stuff. It it's, undermines, yeah creativity it undermines the sacrosanctness of art almost i mean that that sounds kind of wanky but it is but kind it just, of true it goes against why it goes against why we do this because we love the creativity of our fellow human beings and we love to see projects come from someone's thought process or thought stream and then five years ten years later they are something tangible you can own or go and see or support or you know but buy the t-shirt of you know there's so many things this affects not just you going to see a movie not just you you know eating your popcorn in your seat enjoying yourself there's so much this affects mm-hmm. so we just thought in this week we would highlight it and then you you know use it to talk about some more films yeah it's important to emphasize that a lot of people that are striking are not big well-known no. writers and actors these no, people no, are course. people who yeah. are jobbing 
and they make a real hand to mouth living. Yeah, right. In some cases, you know, like me and Matt, we're regular Joes who write for a living. Um, and it, we understand the hardships, you know, that, that it, you know, people who don't might not know who don't do it, um, who don't, you get paid like on publication. So I go months without getting a, without getting a check. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, the so Matt, sometimes. Um, it's just how it works. Or, you know, if, or if you write per piece, the, 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 the amounts that you get are quite limited per piece now. They used to be bigger, but it's just how it. Well, again, publishing is going to face the similar sort of issues from AI mm. that the, you know, the, uh, the, the film and TV industry is facing. So mm. just a really interesting thing to, to highlight and discuss. And also we always love discussing a good list. Of course. Who doesn't, who doesn't, but yeah, there we go. That was this week's episode guys. I know it's a bit different to what we usually do. We don't usually get all on our soapbox, but we felt this week really important to just lay out how we feel and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe it'll inspire you guys to go out and find more about this strike and how it is could it potentially affect the industry and everything else. Um, you know, you do go away and find there's some fantastic uh people who are striking and actually making content about it. Um, Adam Conover, uh, a comedian, uh, he's been he's a writer, he's been striking uh for months now. Um, go and check him out, he 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 does some great stuff about all that. Um, but yeah, do join us next week uh, when we will be back for another war movie review. Um, but it won't be Oppenheimer. <laughs> so um, take of that what you will. Um, and thanks for listening. And always, if you want to start from episode one of the pod and catch up, uh, use fightingonfilm.com. We can find the rest of the back catalogue there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I said, I said watching. I meant listening. Watching. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I make, I make YouTube videos. What can I say? <laughs> Love it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.